Amen. I would also like to say that it's an honor for us today to have, I think it was a surprise for him, but Brother Terry's grandmother able to be here today. And if I understood correctly, is it 90th, Brother Terry? Her 90th birthday. Uh, and so we say happy birthday to you and thank you for being in church with us today. Would you give her a hand? Habakkuk chapter number three. That's okay. We're getting ready at the end of this sermon. If it goes real good, I'm going to pick up a guitar and smash it. No. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I say things I'm not even I'm not even aware what I'm saying. So y'all pray. Habakkuk chapter number three. Verses 1 and 2 is what I'd like to read from today. You'll see it on the screen. The Bible says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shigionoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy works in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. That verse, for those of you that may not be familiar, that is that really is the verse, the guiding verse of our church. When we came here eight years ago, the Lord gave that verse to me and said, that is why I am establishing Sanctuary Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Because I have a desire to revive my work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years to make known and in wrath to remember mercy. And so I'll share a few things that led me to preaching from this scripture today. Um, and I'll share my subject with you in just a little bit as, as we get into that. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, thank you for coming to church, putting up with close quarters and and everything not being quite as uh roomy as i know we all would prefer it to be but you do this week after week and i just want you again to know how much i appreciate it i tell you today that it is time for jesus christ to be made known as he has never been known before in this community It is time for us to talk Jesus, walk Jesus, look Jesus, live Jesus, pray Jesus, witness Jesus, and give Jesus to every soul that we possibly can. Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer, and on their way to that temple, they met a Man, he was lame and he was asking alms of them. And uh, he held up his uh, cup or whatever it was he would have received those in, expecting to receive. And Peter looked at him and he said, I do not have what you want from me. I don't have what it is that you are asking me for. I, I cannot give to you silver and I cannot give to you gold, but I can give you one thing, and 
that one thing is greater than silver and it's greater than gold and Matter of fact, the thing that I could give you, though you're about to be healed, it's greater than your healing. It's greater than you getting up on your feet in a minute. I'm going to tell you today, no matter what you get out of this service, if you'll get what I'm about to say, it'll be better than any touch in your body. It'll be better than any touch in your mind. If I can just get you to get a hold of Jesus today, you will have received the greatest thing that you possibly could. So Peter said, I can't give you silver gold, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, such as I have, give I thee, rise up and walk. And he got a hold of Jesus that day, and he was able to go leaping into the temple. This verse of scripture that I've read today is a powerful verse. It's a prophetic verse (laughs) that is recorded in the book of Habakkuk the prophet. Habakkuk is not a long book. Matter of fact, it only has three chapters in it, and it's, they're very short. And so if you're wanting to impress somebody and tell them I read a book of the Bible today, just go read Habakkuk, and you'd be doing all right. Habakkuk is praying, and, and you have to understand, Habakkuk is a, is a unique prophet. He has, he has, to me, he has some of the more powerful things to share it was him that said that the that you should write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry always it will come and so He's, he's going through, he's writing everything the Lord gives him. And, and he says this, he says, Oh Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. God, I heard you say everything that you needed to say. And to be honest, Lord, it caused fear to come into my heart. Because if we don't get some things right, There's going to be some things that are going to happen. And none of us want to see the end of that, God. So it caused me to be afraid. So here's my prayer, God. Oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Would you remember mercy? God spoke that to me years ago when we were coming here. Over eight years ago now. He said, I'm sending you there for that reason. So For eight years, we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been believing, we've been preaching, we've been reaching, doing everything we could and saying, God, we've been praying the first part of that. Lord, would you revive your work in the midst of the years? And it was just two or three months ago that I was in prayer. And and as I as I was seeking God, I was praying that I said, oh, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to send revival to Sanctuary Church. Would you send revival to our church, God? And I think sometimes if we're not careful as Pentecostal people, we'll keep asking God for things that he's already doing. When God starts doing what we've been asking him, we need to start giving him praise and glory and honor. And we don't need to always... Go ahead, that's good. And we don't need to only talk about things like they're coming someday, somehow, down the road. But I'm here to tell you today, it's not just what's coming down the road. It's what's here right now. 
Let me just preach a minute and tell you, this church is just as powerful of a church as you're going to find anywhere you want to go. It's not a perfect church. We don't have everything just like we'd like to have it yet. But I'll tell you this, you couldn't go anywhere else and find any more power of God. You couldn't go anywhere else and find people that love the Lord anymore. This is a great church. And God's hand is upon this church. And God is working in this church. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. So we're not just going to talk about what's coming down the road all the time. And, and I prayed and the Lord rebuked me. And I said, God, revive your work in the midst of the years, Lord. We're asking you to send us revival. And, and the Lord spoke to me and, and said, what do you think I've been doing? Look around. You can't even put them all in the building. He said, what do you think's been going on around here? You've been praying it for eight years, and I've been doing it for eight years. And, and I'm telling you, if I ever felt like the Lord just kind of rebuked me, I felt like he rebuked me and said, quit asking me to do what I've already done. I've already revived my work in the midst of the years. Eight years ago, y'all just let me preach a minute, okay? Eight years ago when you got here, there wasn't a sanctuary church. There wasn't this group of people and, and, and there wouldn't have been this gathering eight years ago on a Sunday uh, when, when, when God began to put all of this together. And yet, look what God has done in just eight short years. I'm telling you right now, it's awesome. It's powerful. It's mighty. God has reached into the, 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 the fields of Jonesboro and northeast Arkansas. And God has brought things out of the ground that had fallen into the ground to die. But he said, if a remnant can take root downward, I'm going to cause it to bear fruit upward. That's what he told us. He said, I've given you revival. I've filled people with the Holy Ghost. I've renewed people in the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in my name. They've had, they've had my hand on their life. I've touched them. I've done all kinds of wonderful things for them. Why do you keep praying for me to do what I've already done? It's time. This is what he said. It is time for you to start praying the next part of that verse. And I, I, I said, I got to go back. And I went and looked at it. And, and it wasn't just revive your work in the midst of the years. He said, do you see what else I said, Kenneth O'Connell? I'm telling you, I need you to start praying that in the midst of the years, I would make known. And that's what I've come to preach today. I'm preaching to you today. Make it known. Make it known. It's not time. Don't one person lift your voice and ask God to give us revival. We're in revival. We're having revival. We do have it. It is here. We don't need you to pray that. But it's time we start praying God. All right, we appreciate what we have, but we don't want it to stay here. God, would you make it known? Would you make it known, God? Hallelujah.
I don't just need revival for me. And I don't just need revival for my family. But I need this to get known outside of my house. I've got family members estranged that need to make it known to them. God, I've got friends and they need it to be made known unto them. God, we've got co-workers and they need it to be made known unto them. We've got a city, God, that's depending on us for an apostolic church. Would you make it known? Would you make it known? Would you make it known? And so that's what the Lord told me to do. And that's what our, 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 uh, our, our theme is. Our, that's what our push is for this year. Is that he would make it known. Now let me tell you something right now. God can't make anything known if we don't help him make it known. Because we are the body of Christ. We are the vessel through which he chooses to work. So if God's going to make it known, it's going to be because we came on board. That's why I say again, it is time for us to talk Jesus. It's time for us to walk Jesus. It's time for us to look Jesus. It's time for us to live Jesus. It's time for us to pray Jesus. It's time for us to witness Jesus. And it's time for us to give Jesus to everybody that we possibly can. We've got to make it known. We've got to make it known. God sent Moses to Pharaoh. He said, I've got one message I want you to share with that man, Moses. When you get to where Pharaoh is, you look at him and you tell him that I said, let my people go. Let my people go. But here's the thing, and they did. They walked out of Egypt, and, and it was a glorious day when they walked out of Egypt. It was a matter of fact, they basically had a parade, and the Egyptians lined up and gave them gold and silver and all kinds of precious things as they left town because they were so ready to see them go. They left. They, they were able to go, but before they were able to go, God had to be made known among them. Pharaoh said, I won't do it. Moses said, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, not going to happen. He said, uh, "He said, well, if you don't do it, God's going to send a plague. And he said, let it come on. And so there was a plague. And, and he came back and he said, tell God to withhold your, his plague. And if, if he'll, uh, if, 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 I tell you what, you can, you, your, your men can go, but leave your women and your children here and your flocks and your herds and the men, they can go on. They can worship the Lord out there and, and do their thing, but leave everybody else. And, and Moses said, no, when we go, it's going to be our men. It's going to be our women. It's going to be our children. It's going to be our flocks, and it's going to be our herds. And Pharaoh kept trying to negotiate with him. And let me tell you, the enemy will do everything he can to negotiate with you. And say, I tell you what, I'll compromise with you. I'll give you your spouse, but I'm going to keep your kids. Or, or, or I'll, I'll give you your kids, but, I, but I'm going to keep your grandkids. And I came to tell you today, I refuse to negotiate with that old devil, that liar. 
He doesn't have the authority nor the power to hold on to them because we serve a God who is greater than He is. We serve a God who is mightier than He is. And I just want to tell somebody right now, don't you give Him one inch. Don't you negotiate with Him one little bit. You tell Him how it's going to be. I came to tell the devil today, devil, you're not getting me. You're not getting my wife. You're not getting my family. You're not getting this church. Devil, you won't get one foothold among us. But give me a little bit. I'm not going to give you a little bit. Well, don't preach this. No, I'm going to preach that. I'm going to go ahead and preach and be what God wants me to be. And this church is going to have all that God wants us to have. We won't, leave one, we won't leave one hoof in Egypt. We won't leave one sheep in Egypt. So they go through their ten plagues and Pharaoh keeps keeps. Going back, he tries to negotiate, and then he, he says, you can go, and then he says, you can't go. And finally, after that tenth plague of the death of the firstborn, he sends them out. In order for us to go, God has to be made known. And in order for you to have the victory in your life that God wants you to have, he's got to be made known. You can't listen to me right now, because I'm going to say something. It's, I'm not going to holler. Uh, but it's going to be one of the most profound things I'll say today. You have got, you have got to make sure, you have got to make sure there's no, there's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts with all of this. You have got to make sure that you make him known. Because if you don't make God known in every part of your life, you won't go. You'll never be free. You'll never be free. If you're trying to hide your religiosity, if that were a word, if you're trying to hide uh, your being an apostolic, if you're trying to hide what God does in your life, let me just tell you something. You're never going to be free. You're already bound. You're bound by somebody else's opinion or, or fear of their opinion. You're bound by, the, by what they think about it. Let me just tell you right now. It's time for us to shake off the shackles of all of that stuff and say, as for me in my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Please hear me right now. As for me in my house, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to let everybody see him in every part of my life. They're going to see me not just in church on Sunday, but they're going to see the way I live on Monday. They're going to see the way I live on Tuesday. Come on, somebody. The way I'm living Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, you're just a little bit out there, aren't you? Will you call me whatever you want? But I'm going to make him known. If I can ever get him to where he's known, he's going to get me out of it. Everything I need to come out of. He'll loose me from the bonds of Egypt. He'll loose me from the enemy. He'll loose me from a taskmaster. But he's going to be lifted up. Isaiah. On the day that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord high. And lifted up. And his train filled the temple. We can sit here and we can fuss and fight about all kinds of things. And argue about what is, what is uh, Bible and what is not Bible. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're in a church, right? You hear me right now. You're in a church where the glory and the power of God dwells on a regular basis. 
We don't have to come in here and conjure it up. It just happens around here. God is here. Why would we want to do anything that would mess up what God's doing in here? We're not like everybody else. We're never going to be like everybody else. I may not, and I'm not trying to offend anybody right now. I'm going to be me. You be you. I hope you let me pastor you. You can come to this church and and, and be however you're going to be. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm never going to back off from being what we are called to be. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to teach it. And I'm going to ask you to live your life in such a way that you will make him known. And if we will do it, God will bless it. If we will do it, God will bless it. To make it known means that God would put a spotlight on this church. We need God to put a spotlight on this church. The Bible said it's like a city that is set up on a hill that cannot be hid. That city that sits on top of the hill that has the light shining in it. You can't hide that city. That city's sitting up there for everybody to know and everybody to see where it is. I tell you what, I'm probably about to get myself in trouble right now. I heard of a preacher who got inspired like this once upon a time and he fell into baptistry and Okay, we emptied it. All right. Let me get this. Brother Drew, I'm going to need your help right now, okay? I want you to, you can, uh, I guess, keep the, the color lights, but kill all the other lights. He said, it's like a city that is set upon a hill. It cannot be hid. There's a city. If you can just get to looking at that city that sits on top of that hill. If you could ever get a view of a city that's on top of a hill. That city, when it sets out a light, everybody can see the light. You can't hide the light in that city. I tell you what, Brother Drew, go ahead and kill all our lights in here if you, if you don't mind. It don't matter if we bring them back up later or not. I'm not worried about that. Uh, if, if, if that city could ever just get a light going on in it. If that city could ever just have one one single solitary lamp, one light in that city. It could be as dark as, as pitch black in this room right now. But as long as I've got this light, you're going to know where I'm at. And let me tell you right now, as long as we can get a light going in this city and make him known, there's going to be people who know where he's at. Do you hear what I'm preaching right now? There's going to be people who are going to know where he's at. Where's God at? I tell you where he's at. He's at Sanctuary Church. Go ahead and praise him and give him a shout of glory right now. The devil can't, you hear me, the devil cannot hide this. The enemy cannot hide this. Your circumstances cannot hide this. I'm preaching to you today that it's time we make it known around here. There's, no, there's not a reason in the world that we don't open up our mouths and talk about the goodness of God. There's not a reason in the world for you not to tell your friends and your family and your neighbors about a great God. Make it known. Make it known. Make it known. God, would you make it known? 
And the reason we have an exodus from Egypt is because God said, it's time for me to be made known. And the reason we're going to, you can just leave it like that. I kind of like this. We're going to have some light going in a minute. The reason this church is going to be here and the reason we're going to have people come into the kingdom of God is because we're getting ready to make it known. If you're a transfer to this church, that's fine and God bless you. And I'm not saying anything to try to hurt your feelings or make you uncomfortable. But I'm not interested in just us having transfers. You understand what I'm saying? I, we're not trying to build our church off of other apostolic churches. It's time for us to make it known. It's time for a sinner to hear that there's a God in heaven who has a light for his life. That if he'll just let the light shine in his life, there's a God in heaven who could touch him and change him and do something great for him. We've got to make sure that people outside of the kingdom of God are hearing about this. I'm not talking about broadcasting it to the Arkansas district. I'm talking about broadcasting it in the highways and in the byways. My God in heaven. I'm talking about going into the bars. I'm talking about going into rehabs. I'm talking about going where people need Jesus and letting them get a hold of this and seeing this light and making him known. Make it known. It's time for people to experience sanctuary. People that are broken in their spirit. People that are broken in their soul. People that have gone through hurt and all kinds of things. It's time for them to experience sanctuary. And there are people that have come to us that have transferred here because they needed sanctuary. And so I'm not picking on anybody. Don't you think that's what I'm doing? But I am saying we've got to make sure we keep the, the main thing, the main thing around here. This has got to be a place of sanctuary. Psalm 106 is an interesting psalm. I'm going to try to slow down here and I want you to hear what I say. It's an interesting psalm. Go look at, at it and read it sometime. Not now, but later. It is a detailed list. Of the grievances of God against Israel. Beginning from the time they exited Egypt. And ending with their compromise with the heathen. That were found among them in Canaan. Let me tell you what the Bible said in Psalm 106. This is the list of grievances. They forgot all he'd done. They rushed and rebelled against his timing. They lusted for the things of the world. They tempted God for their own gain. In other words, they said, well, God, if you'll do this for us, we'll serve you. They tempted God for their own gain. They envied Moses and Aaron, whom God had chosen. They worshipped a false god. They exchanged the creator for the creature. They despised God's promises. They believed him not. They murmured against him behind their closed doors. They would not obey God. They gave themselves unto a licentious false doctrine. They gave themselves to a carnal doctrine because it let them do whatever they wanted to do. They angered the Lord with their actions. They angered him at the waters of strife. Because it was there that they provoked Moses to sin. And let me just tag in with what I preached the last two services. You remember that scripture that says, Obey them that have the rule over 
you and submit yourselves to them. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable unto you. You remember that? This is a word picture of that. Moses gets up and the Lord tells him, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. But Moses gets so mad because the people are murmuring and complaining. Instead of speaking to the rock, he hits the rock with his staff. And God says, I'm going to honor you, Moses. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to let water come forth. But Moses, now you don't get to go into the promised land. It was unprofitable for those people because they provoked Moses. And he was not able to see the promise of God. Let's keep going. They did not destroy. This is all in Psalm 106. I'm not making it up. They did not destroy what God told them to destroy. They mingled with the heathen. Now listen. We've got to live. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We live in the world. They had to live in their world. And there were going to be heathens around them. But let me tell you something. The sin was not that the heathens had to be around them. The sin was that they mingled with the heathens and took their stuff and made it their own. And we may be in this world, but we are not of this world. And you hear me right now. I'm never going to. I know I preach strong, so I'm not going to say I don't say something. I do preach strong, but I'm never going to get up and just blast everybody who don't believe it like we believe it and doesn't do everything that I ask people to do as a pastor. I'm never going to blast you for that. And, 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 and don't mistake, though, don't mistake somebody not getting up and just kicking you in the teeth for saying God's okay with everything. God's not okay with everything. And it's not right. That we would mingle with the heathen. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We don't take the, the ways of the heathen and make it our ways. He said that you followed their example and you served their idols. Instead of them following your example and serving your God. He said you sacrificed your children to idols. Now you Parents, when I read this, I know I've been on this whole parenting thing, but when I read this, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said there are people doing that in 2019. There are people that are sacrificing their children to idols. They are giving their kids more to things than they are to me, and it's grieving my heart. They make sure that they're more involved with stuff than they are in the house of God, and it grieves the heart of God. I know I sound like an old preacher right now, but I'm a right preacher, and I'm preaching the Word of God to you. I'm not going to be a hireling in this church. We're going to make it known so that God can do what God needs to do in our community. He said they shed innocent blood. He said they defiled themselves. They went whoring after their own ways and desires instead of serving the Lord. That was the list of grievances in Psalm 106 from beginning with the exodus from Egypt to them living in Canaan. That's all the things they did. And the Bible said that because of all of this, God sent leanness to their souls. God swallowed their rebellious. Go read 106. God sent fire among the wicked. God plagued many with death. God abhorred his own inheritance. God gave them into the hand of the heathen. 
He allowed those who hated them to rule over them. They were oppressed by their enemies and they were brought low by their iniquity. He said, a people who will not serve me and a people who will not give themselves to me and a people instead instead of making me known, they want to assimilate. Instead of me being made known among them, they want to assimilate and be like everybody else and be like the world. He said, if they want to be like the world, they'll be like the world. They'll be in just as much bondage as the world they'll be just as caught up in everything else as the world is and he gave them over to it he gave them over to it they would not make him known and yet hear me and yet after all that they had done to reject him and his ways and his desires for them there is a verse in that psalm there's two of them that says one very powerful word He said, you did all of these things. And I sent these things back to you because of it. Nevertheless. One word. Nevertheless. He regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. Nevertheless. He saved them for his name's sake. That he might make his mighty power to be known. If we will make up our minds to call unto God, He will give us a nevertheless. And if we will... Hear me right now. If we've been trying to duck our heads and we've been trying to be like everybody else, if you'll have a nevertheless moment this morning, God's going to step into your life and God is going to make His power known. He's going to make His power known. We've had a revival of the apostolic Pentecostal church. We've had a revival of what God began in this city many decades ago that the enemy has fought to destroy. He has revived his work in the midst of the years. Now it is time for us to say, as Israel did in that psalm, God, we recognize our sin. We recognize the sin that may have come from our forefathers But we also recognize the sin that we have allowed into our lives. Last week we repented. And this week we are saying that we beseech you by your great mercies, O God. And we ask that you allow a nevertheless to break in among us. In everything that has not been right, we are asking you to make it right. And above all, great God of heaven and of earth, We are asking you to make your power known in this city as it's never been known before. We are asking you to shake the foundations that remain and begin to do such wonderful and majestic things that not one who comes into contact with us can possibly deny that there is but one source of glory, that there is but one source of power, and his name is Jesus Christ. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's the cry from Sanctuary Church this year, today and this year. Make it known. Make it known. Who is the last person you reached for to make it known? Who's the last neighbor you talked to 
in an attempt to make it known. Do we have any idea how many hurting people surround us every day? Do we have any idea how many people that are part of this church today have hurt for so very long? And something got them to this house. And God's been doing a healing work in their life. If he did it for them, he wants to do it for others. Make it known. I'm praying. I'm praying. Lord, would you make it known? Here is the final terrifying truth of the matter. This is the sobering truth of the matter. Hear me, fathers. Hear me, mothers. Hear me. If I want my kids to make it to heaven, I've got to help make it known in their life right now. And I've, I told you all get ready. I'd be preaching consecration for a little bit. So, But we could fool around and lose our families while we attend church. We can fool around because that's what it would be is so foolish. We could lose our families while sitting on these apostolic pews week after week after week. Because it all matters What's being made known? What are you going to make known? Will it be academia? Nothing wrong with academics. Will it be sports? Nothing wrong with sports. Will it be hobbies? Nothing wrong with hobbies. Will it be some pursuit of an occupation? Nothing wrong with a good occupation. But whatever you make known is what they're going to pursue. If I want my kids to pursue God, I've got to make him known. And if I want my neighbors to pursue God, I can't just talk to them about the weather. I've got to make him known. Does anybody feel the Lord in this place today? God, that is our prayer. That you would help us. To make it known. There is a city that is set on a hill. And this particular city is called Sanctuary. And it's a place, God, where you are sending out a beacon of light. To all that will see. Lord, you're that lighthouse on a hillside. And you're shining a light. And you're saying there is a place. But nobody's going to know of the, of the danger. And nobody's going to know where the safety is. If there's no oil in the lighthouse to keep the light burning. And that's why we must do our part to make it known. We've got to make it known. Could we stand together this morning? Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you would bring... These platform lights up a little bit.
can bring the house up its feet. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. God, this is your word for our church in 2019. This is your desire for us. Lord, there are so many good people in this church. And I thank God for everyone. In 2018 was a great year. And God, I rejoice for every family, every individual that you sent to this church in 2018. And I pray every single one of them feels welcome and loved and at home here. But I also pray today, God, that every one of us feel convicted today. And I pray that every one of us would lean our ears close to your chest that we might hear the heartbeat of God as it is calling us to consecration and to live close to you so that you could work through us to accomplish great things. Lord, last Sunday was about us being right with you for ourselves, but this Sunday is about us being right with you because there's a world that is depending on the church. I pray. I'm praying, God, that nobody walks out of this room today without being stirred in their soul and without committing their life to you from the youngest to the oldest. Young people, your friends need Jesus. You hear, Pastor, your friends need Jesus. And I'm glad you have friends. But woe be unto you if your friends ever have more influence on you than you have on them. They need Jesus. Follow the pursuits you're going to follow, but do it within the parameters of living a godly life. Adults, your friends, your co-workers, your loved ones, they need Jesus. And your church doesn't just need to be your church. Your church needs to be the part of your life that they see more than anything. They need to see there's a God working in you. Could there be anything more precious to you than to see those that are closest to you worshiping alongside of you? That'll be worth more than that great hunt. That'll be worth more than that great day of vacation or whatever it is you spend. To have them worshiping God beside you in spirit and in truth is the most important thing could ever happen. I open these altars today. If you want to come, come. If you want to kneel where you are, do that. I know how crowded we are. I understand. If you've got to sit in that seat and pray, you do it. But don't not pray. I'm asking everything in this room right now to touch God. I'm asking everything in this room right now to seek after the Lord. There's not a relationship that's more important to you than this. Get this right. Then the relationship can be right.
if we needed any encouragement whatsoever, that you will do this, God. All we need to do is look at the first part of that verse that you've already fulfilled. Revive your work in the midst of the years. God, if you did that, God, if you brought this church out of the ground where there was nothing, if you did that, God, then there is no doubt in our minds that you can make it known all around this city, all around this region, God. There is no doubt in my mind that you can do that. That wherever we go, people will know of a place called sanctuary where they can meet God, where their lives can be changed. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, church. Thank you right now for praying. Thank you for seeking God. I'm asking God to give us a burden right now for others. I'm asking God to give us a burden right now for lost souls. Make it known. 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 I'm asking you, God, to give us backbone. Let us be as those apostles. Who when they were threatened, they were threatened with their life to not preach the name Jesus. They said, God, give us boldness. Lord, nobody's threatened our lives. We're just trying to get all of us to share you with people. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. Not to, not to be intimidating to people. Not to, not to be a jerk to people. But God, to share you with those that have need in their life. The waitress at the restaurant, God. The person that we see at that business that we frequent so often. In all these years we've dealt together, have I ever told you about how good God's been to me? We're asking for wisdom today. We're asking for your help and anointing. So that it could be made known. You said no one can come except your spirit draw them and make it known, God. I have much people in this city. Make it known, God. There's a bomb in Gilead. Make it known, God. Make it known. We're going to do our part. So that you can do what you do, Lord. And that is to put a spotlight where it needs to go. You're getting ready to shine a light on this church. So people will see. People will know. There's a place of sanctuary.
Could we lift our voices right now as we pray? Let's just lift our voices together. That's it. Come on. Let's just talk to God right now. There's power when we lift our voices together. Moving up and down, every sweet.